Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Enjoy it. Take care of each other. Great man. We got to be ready to get back to work next week. You guys keep proving me right. This is a special crew. And if that doesn't give you an example of what we mean by adversity is an opportunity, how great does this feel? Adversity is an opportunity. Digging yourself a 21-point hole in the fourth quarter definitely is adversity it was a wacky week two in the national football league for the 2022 season two games left we'll talk about those later in the show if we have any time remaining because there's plenty to discuss and we'll be discussing it for the next two hours he's miles simmons i'm mike florio we're live on pft live on peacock and sirius xm 85 we're not on sky today so it doesn't really matter that i say hello to the folks in the UK and Ireland, unless they're listening via podcast. There was a chance Sky was going to put the program on demand for today. All of the Sky channels, all nine of them, will be carrying the Queen's funeral. So we are preempted today, but we'll be back on Tuesday. Good morning, Miles. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Mike. Uh, I'm probably doing well than a lot of coaches today around the league, having given up some crazy comebacks including the one that, uh, you know, I got a helmet behind me. If we get to the wide shot eventually, which I'm sure we will, you'll see that helmet. And boy, I'm sure there are some upset people in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Orange and brown. Brownie the Elf think walking through that door, man, and he ain't going to save you. <laughs> I think I think Brownie the Elf needs to be scrubbed off the field after what happened yesterday. I'm not sure Brownie <laughs> the Elf is the right midfield logo. I think I, I think – I think whatever brown thing the team left on the field yesterday maybe should be the midfield logo, the poop emoji maybe, after what we saw yesterday. 
we're going to talk about the stunning comebacks and the flip side because it could linger for the teams that had victory slip through their fingers in the fourth quarter. We'll discuss that coming up. The 49ers had a starting quarterback exit for the entire season. We're going to start there because part of what we do when we select the storylines to get into on a Monday morning, what issues from Sunday will resonate into Monday and beyond? And absolutely and obviously the Trey Lance season ending and let me try easy for him to say the season ending ankle injury suffered by Trey Lance will have ramifications because now Jimmy's back. Jimmy's back and he never left and they're lucky he never left. And this is the proper usage. I believe I've considered it. I've had leading researchers confirm it. This is the proper usage of ironic. The fact that the 49ers were squatting on Jimmy Garoppolo in the hopes that a starting quarterback elsewhere would get injured and they would be able to trade him and get value for him and ended up keeping him. And of course, the catastrophic season-ending injury happens, Miles, to their starting quarterback, enter Jimmy G. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it sucks for Trey Lance. It, it really does. Anytime you're talking about a guy who is coming up, you know, you, people are excited about him in the locker room. They obviously gave up a lot of draft capital in order to go get him last year, make him the third overall selection in the 2021 draft. And now you're in this situation where it's like break glass in case of emergency. And what you break the glass to is the quarterback who took you to the Super Bowl in 2019, who got you to the NFC Championship game last year. And I mean, I like to say all the time that unless you're the 2017 Eagles, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're screwed. This is a situation where actually the 49ers might have just gotten better, at least for today, right? If we're in week three and the 49ers are trotting out Jimmy Garoppolo, who is experienced, who understands exactly the way the players play around him. He's familiar with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan knows how to call plays for him. Like, there is reason to say that the 49ers are going to be better in the immediate aftermath of this Trey Lance injury. However, the ceiling on Trey Lance is probably a little bit higher, right? So once we get to like week 15, week 16, week 17, week 18, are the 49ers going to be better then with Jimmy Garoppolo than if Trey Lance had played the whole season? We'll never really know. But at least for right now, I mean, it's kind of strange, Mike, but this makes me feel like the 49ers can win the NFC West. And I don't know if I felt that way going into yesterday's games. Let's hear directly from the head coach of the 49ers, the mastermind of the plan to utilize all that draft capital to get Trey Lance, to nudge Jimmy Garoppolo to the curb and then bring him back in. Sorry, Jimmy, we didn't really mean it. We actually would like to keep you around. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about what happened yesterday. All right, guys, um, the injuries that we had, uh, Trey Lance, obviously, uh, he ended up breaking his ankle. Um, end up getting surgery tomorrow morning. Uh, we're really hoping to see a lot of them this year. So to have that bad of an injury to where you can't come back from it, um, we feel for him. But um, if anyone can do it, it's him. And they have a contract for two more years plus the fifth-year option if they choose to exercise it. Presumably he'll be the guy next year. Jimmy Garoppolo will be a free agent. There is no way that the 49ers can keep him from becoming a free agent. Now they could re-sign him 
if they chose to. They would have to compete with everyone else who would be interested in him if it gets to that point where he enters the open market. They obviously have exclusive negotiating rights until then, and who knows what they'll do. The one thing that we've learned based upon what's transpired with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers is you can't rule out anything at this point, including Garoppolo sticking around for one more year as they wait and see whether or not Trey Lance is healed following the surgery he'll have today. And here's the other issue with Garoppolo. There's no guarantee he's going to stay healthy. That's one of the reasons why they fell out of love with him. He's not durable. And that's another layer and level of irony. The guy you trade up, proper usage. The guy you trade up for, the guy you get to bring in to be your quarterback because your starter who took you to a Super Bowl almost won it And then last year, after his replacement had been drafted, almost took you back to another Super Bowl. This guy's got a serious injury that ends his season a week earlier than Jimmy Garoppolo's season was ended back in 2018 when he entered the season as the full-time starter for the first time in his career. So you have one quarterback with injury issues, and now you have another. And it's not the first time Trey Lance has had injury issues. Every time he played last year, he got injured. So that's a separate issue long-term for the 49ers to come to grips with because whenever Trey Lance is healthy again and you put him back out there, you're going to be concerned that this is the narrative and he's going to continue to get injured. But for the balance of this year, Miles, it can't be Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy, the last guy taken in the 2022 draft out of Iowa State. I hate saying Mr. Irrelevant in a seventh round draft, and I think that whole thing is kind of goofy and hokey and overplayed but it's Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy you better have somebody else who's ready to come in and play because you have to assume at some point there's a good chance Garoppolo's getting injured too yeah that is sort of the unfortunate assumption that you have to make but you do have to make it right there is I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has gotten through every single game of a season except for maybe 2019 and maybe I should not like just stay things off the cuff like this without actually knowing what I'm talking about. But like there, there's a good chance, which we know because Jimmy Garoppolo has been there for as long as he's been there, that at some point he's going to have to miss a game. And so because of that, yeah, whether it's Brock Purdy, I don't know if they want to like go out and get Nick Mullins for wherever Nick Mullins is now. CJ Beathard might be rolling around the streets somewhere. Like it's another guy that knows their system. Like it's, it's not going to be a good situation no matter what they do if they also lose Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, again, like, they're lucky that they have him on the roster. But at the same time, like, you get down to your third quarterback, what what team can withstand losing your top two QBs and still be really good? Like, there, there's no team that can really do that. The 49ers could, though, because it's all system-driven. If they have somebody who is ready to go in the event that Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured. The problem is we've seen in the past the quality of the backups the 49ers have had behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Not good. And they had Nate Sudfeld. He lost the roster spot competition with Purdy, and Sudfeld's currently on the Lions' active roster, so they'd have to trade for him if they wanted to get him. They can sign any free agent that's out there, obviously. There just aren't a lot of them. At this stage of the game, when you've got 32 teams with depth charts and practice squads there just aren't a lot of guys that you can call up and say hey here's a job and for the guys on practice squads you can offer them jobs they don't have to take them you'd have to put them on your active roster not on your practice squad because that's the other thing they could do is just sign a free agent to the practice squad but if a guy's on a practice squad you can't do that and there's a little 
quirk in the rules that screws the 49ers this week to the extent that they would want to bring back Josh Johnson for probably a third or fourth stint with the team. He's on the Broncos practice squad, and that's the one rule that prevents you from signing a guy to the active roster from another team's practice squad. If you're within six days of playing that team, 10 days if that team is coming off of a bye, you can't touch him. So they may be interested in Josh Johnson as the game day backup for Garoppolo, but because he's on the Broncos practice squad, no dice. Pro tip, by the way, you are accurate about the Jimmy Garoppolo playing every game and starting every game of the 2019 season. When in doubt, just keep going. Because I know. Before, before anyone can call you out, they've got to notice. And if you speak, one thing I've learned in 14 years of doing this, if you speak <laughs> authoritatively, there's a pretty good chance no one's going to notice that you're wrong. Well, well, all right, yeah. This is only my second Monday, Mike. You know, I got, I got a lot to learn, man. I got a lot to learn. I'll just, well, I'll, we're, we're I'll, learning. Yeah. They'll let you we're fly a plane in if real you do it time. Confidence. Yeah, <laughs> real time on the fly. Just act like you know what you're doing. Secret. To, this is. I feel like Homer and Bart. The three most important sayings to get yourself through the day. Good idea, boss. It was like that when I got here, and there was one more that I can't remember. And see, I screwed up. I should have just made something up and and spoken with authority, and no one would have known. There really exactly. was. Now it's going to bother me because I used to know those by heart, and it's making me wonder as my brain's starting to get a little, and it possibly is. But there were three sayings, the three sayings to get you through life, and it was it was very it was very useful. As as Homer was teaching Bart how to shave and then put toilet paper on all the spots where he had. That that was the episode where Homer had eaten the poison blowfish and his heart was due to explode in 24 hours. Um, hmm. I don't know how to turn that one around. It's going to take a more Herculean effort than what we saw from the Jets, Dolphins, and Cardinals yesterday. Anyway, here's Jimmy G talking about stepping in for Trey Lance and getting the victory yesterday over the Seahawks. It was good. Um, you know, Kyle called some plays that I knew, <laughs> some new ones for me too, so that was fun. Uh, but no, it was, uh, it, was, it was a good process. I uh, tried to prepare this whole time like a starter anyway. So it was just, uh, yeah, like I said, like riding a bike. I'm comfortable here. The players, the scheme, uh, all that stuff, the locker room, it's, it's uncomfortable. I, it's, I'm familiar with it. So it's just, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I knew this was going to happen, but I was ready for this in case it did happen and just want to take advantage of the opportunity. Cover for me. Good idea, boss, and it was like that when I got here. And Jimmy Garoppolo covering for Trey Lance and getting it done against a Seahawks team that had been pretty good against the 49ers and was a 9, 9 9.5, 10-point underdog. And I thought that, that, uh, that Vegas knew something that we did, and apparently Vegas did because the 49ers took care of them. Maybe Vegas knew that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to end up playing. I don't know. But look at that. They love Garoppolo. See, that was the problem. That was the risk. That was the dilemma they faced in keeping him around, Miles. They love this guy, and now they get to fully re-embrace him. It's it's We got a long way to go until we get to 2023, but, oh, boy, they got some decisions to make about Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance next year because if I'm the 49ers – Depending upon what happens this year. And I think that is going to influence where this goes. You may want Jimmy Garoppolo next year. Depending upon what happens this year. You, you may yeah. This may be 
the, the most roundabout, goofy, crazy-ass quarterback story we've seen in recent years where we're done with this guy, we draft his replacement, we give up three first-round picks plus to get him, and then we realize, nah, we kind of like him after all. We're going to keep him around. Well, it's not that they kind of like him. I mean, they've always said, oh, we love Jimmy, we love Jimmy. But, like, I mean, when you draft his replacement, like, how much do you really love him, you know? It's like the the guy who's like, you know what? I really think we should get divorced. And then he like starts dating and he's like, actually, no, 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 no. I, you're my wife. I love you. What have I done? I don't know what's going on here. Like, I don't, this is not the thing that I thought it would be. And now I, I need you, baby. I need you. Like we, we have to stay together. And like, that, that's kind of what's happening right now, right? This is a weird, weird situation. It's been weird since like March when Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden had the shoulder surgery and it's like, oh yeah, no know like we can't trade him anymore because he's not healthy and then the the 49ers are talking I mean Shanahan and Lynch are both saying well we were on track to trade him but then he got the surgery and that really changed everything and then they go through August where he's there and he's like doing his own little thing off to the side where he's not practicing with the team but everybody's like oh yeah Jimmy's here but like la 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 and he's not in the meetings and it's this and it's that and then they bring him back and he's the backup but then now they need him to play. And it's just, yeah, like you said, it's a wacky roundabout weird story, but here we are. And honestly, the 49ers are not in a bad position when it comes to where they are in the NFC. And his contract uh, is, is, is uh, fascinating because he cut his salary from 24.2 million and it would have been 25.62 million when you factor in the 17th game he cut it down to six and a half million but he gets 29,000 for every game in which he's in uniform and he will be in uniform every game that he's not injured and for every game in which he takes at least 25 percent of the snaps e.g. yesterday he gets $250,000. And for each of those games that results in a win, he gets another 100000 So Jimmy G made three fifty large yesterday and will make another three hundred and fifty grand every game that he plays at least 25% of the snaps and they win the rest of the season. So, so that great deal... For the 49ers, there was a caveat. If you actually have to use this guy, you're going to have to pay. And that's good. It's fair. It's a win-win. But that 6.5 is already up to 6.85 plus a couple of $29,000 per game roster bonus checks. And it's going to keep going up and up and up unless and until he gets injured. So it's a good deal for Garoppolo. And we need to we need to abandon the six and a half million dollar figure immediately because it's going to end up being significantly more than that potentially. Yeah. But again, I mean, that's still a really good deal for the 49ers. I mean, because you have a base salary of six and a half million and then whatever wins you get on top of that, that that's fantastic. You know, like that, that's not, a bad thing for the 49ers to guarantee yourself the fact that you have a really high quality backup quarterback. And again, it's the, the break glass in case of emergency. And it's not just like, I don't know, a, a little, it's not a horrible thing that you're looking at. It's like the golden thing. That's like, you know, shining and you're like, Oh, like that's, 
kind of what I, I picture when you have to break the glass. It's not like a horrible little like rinky dink, like, like, you know, I think I'm doing a horrible job of explaining this. We should talk now. Well, I, you said it earlier, as it relates to Jimmy, the idea of breaking glass in the event of emergency, the guy under glass is a guy who's been broken glass himself. So that's, it's just, the whole thing is so weird, especially because we entered the game, I was at least on watch for Trey Lance getting benched because they lost last week. It was hard to really glean anything from it. He had the ugly interception. And I thought, and Sims and I talked about this last week, you got Kyle Shanahan going back to Denver where there's some hard feelings between the Shanahan family and the Broncos organization. And Kyle's going to want to go back and stick it to them in prime time. Then you got the Rams in prime time the following week. Two big games for the 49ers. If Trey Lance was struggling, maybe you make the switch to Jimmy Garoppolo. And there was talk about that now. Next two games in primetime, as long as Jimmy G stays healthy, you've got Garoppolo against the Broncos. you got Garoppolo against the Rams. So we'll get to see very quickly how this 49ers team will do. And a point Matthew Berry made last night, he and I did a little thing for Sunday Night Football Final on Peacock. It changes the dynamics of the offense. Because now totally. it's, it's more focused on the players around the quarterback. Trey Lance, not the passing and running threat. So you've got the Debo Samuel factor. We may see more of him running. Whenever George Kittle comes back, he's going to be as much of an impact in the passing game as ever. Brandon Ayuk, more of a target, rich environment for him. So uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who's in for Elijah Mitchell. Uh, so it, 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 it does change your vibe around that team. And, and they could end up being pretty darn good this year. Uh, and maybe they are in better position to win that division. They are one and one. The Seahawks are one and one. The Cardinals are one and one and the Rams are one and one. So it's a, it's a 15 game season and everybody is zero and zero basically, but for the impact of any tiebreakers, which was big for the 49ers to get that win over the Seahawks. Um, and uh, it's just amazing how one game changes the vibe. Speaking of the Seahawks, what, how about that goofy ass story yesterday from Schefter? And, and I understand that, Every insider has to have a certain quota of Sunday splash reports. And let me tell you something. There were not many cannonballs in the deep end yesterday. Week two of the 2022 season was very disappointing as Sunday splashes go. But the idea that Pete Carroll did a presentation for the Seahawks players in training camp about the 72 Dolphins and made the case that they could do the same thing. Really? <laughs> I, I'm... I, I I mean, maybe it was some way to just really focus on winning the game against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. But really, this team and and the the Seahawks are the masters of the go one and oh every week cliche to not look at the big picture. What are you doing? What I, I, I it just that was weird to me. That was just weird to me. It was weird that it was selected as a story and it was weird that it even happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much to add other than that. It was very strange. I mean, I don't know about the 72 Dolphins and making any comparisons to that. And it's it's funny because, like, we all talk about the 72 Dolphins and, you know, they're the one undefeated team that's also won the Super Bowl and all that. But it's like that's – the 72 Dolphins are at this point like a team of, like, the current generation of players. That's their grandparents maybe were alive back then, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, no people's parents – 
who are of the generation of players now probably weren't even alive when that happened. So, I mean, there are more better, more relevant probably stories to get people hyped up than the 72 Dolphins. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, like, I think that, that, that that's kind of weird. Pete Carroll was a 21-year-old defensive back at Pacific when the Dolphins went 17-0. and That's how long ago right. it was. And, yeah. uh, hey, it worked for one game, and, uh, and that's that. Now they're one-and-one one, just like everybody else in the division. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Buccaneers are 2-0. and The Saints now 1-1 and after... A crazy game yesterday that was sluggish and low scoring and ugly and sloppy. And Tom Brady went the whole half without scoring points. And the Saints weren't getting it done. And then the moment changed in the fourth quarter. And we, we were talking about it yesterday. It's kind of like the, you know, the, the manager in baseball getting kicked out of the game to give his team a little lift. This, this, fracas that unfolded and I don't know can we take it all the way to the beginning because Tom Brady was gesturing and Marshawn Lattimore gestured back at him and that's what got it all started and then there and, and then Brady goes over to Lattimore Fournette pushes Lattimore Lattimore pushes Fournette here comes Evans Marcus May was in the middle of it I thought maybe he was going to get ejected too that's shoved by Mike Evans good god you take the full brunt of that frame, that strength, that size. Oh, yeah, the camera got a little bit of it too. Yeah, um, what that the was do to that you? was. Wait, wait, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, what that camera do to you? <laughs> Be nice to the camera; it's expensive. Um, but uh, that that was a moment. That was a moment. And uh, obviously, Evans and Lattimore got ejected. Both guys need to worry today about a suspension. The league is going to look at it. Because of their history, because the game was right on the edge of getting out of control, the league is compelled to look at this. We talked about it last night on Football Night in America. Mike Evans was like, hey, you know, the one in 2017 was way worse, and they didn't suspend me then, so they won't suspend me now. Mike, they may, because of the one in 2017. And all the other times you and Lattimore have gotten into it, it's time to nip it in the bud, or who knows what happens when you guys play again later this year. At some point, you got to send the message and the message could come loudly and clearly from 345 park avenue today miles well it, it should i mean frankly they need to send the message of cut this stuff out right be because when mike evans is just basically saying oh marshawn Lattimore's in a confrontation let me go finish this that's the kind of stuff that you can't have because it's not something that's a part of the game Right. And so we talk about this all the time with like things that happen and penalties that happen. And if it's in the course of the game and if it's in the heat of the a football moment, that's one thing. That's not what happened there. 
with Mike Evans and Lattimore. And as you said, like there is some history there. These dudes have been going at it for years. They are in the same division. They are going to play again. I I think it might be a little bit different if they weren't going to play again. Like if this were an AFC team and an NFC team and two dudes who just apparently didn't really like each other and like they weren't going to see each other ever again until maybe the Super Bowl or if not that, then four years down the road. I think that's a little bit different. But because these guys play twice a year, every single year, and they've had confrontation after confrontation after confrontation at a certain point, three, four, five Park Avenue's got to be like, guys, enough. This has got to stop. Hey, the best thing to do is suspend them both in the rematch. You can't really do that because they could be injured by then or whatever. If a suspension happens, it'll be this weekend. Bucks right. hosting the Packers and the Saints at the Panthers. Here's Evans after the game talking about the brawl that got him and Lattimore ejected. No, I get spicy when you come to New Orleans. And they're a good team, physical team. You know, we matched that today. Tell us what, in your eyes, uh, sparked everything today. All I seen was, I, I know we were, we were like um, trying to get a, a flag called or whatever, and it wasn't called. And then all I see is uh, Lattimore, he like punched Lenny in the face or something like that, and then like pushed Tom. That's all I saw. So, you know, I, I just pushed him. Are you concerned that, that you might not be available next week? No, 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 no. That was that was terrible. 2017, I didn't even get ejected. And that, that was really a cheap shot. This wasn't. <laughs> what an argument. Okay. I, was, I was really bad then. Let me tell you, what I did in 2017 was so much worse than what I did yesterday. And they didn't suspend me for that. So if that's the example... I'm 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 okay now. But that's the attitude that needs to stop. That's why he right. needs to be suspended. I think yeah. he actually hurt himself with those comments. And he's basically inviting the NFL to send him a message and teach him a lesson that he's not going to learn until he's suspended. It's not a question of you set the bar here with Marshawn Lattimore in 2017 and you didn't get suspended, so everything below that is okay. It's not okay. Because it's the history. It keeps happening. Plus, plus, at the risk of quoting Mike Gundy, get your facts straight, Mike Evans. Marshall Lattimore didn't touch Tom Brady. Nobody touches the great and powerful Tom Brady. Nobody. (laughs) He didn't touch him. He mocked him. God forbid. God forbid we should mock Tom Brady. That's what started it. He didn't touch him. He touched Fournette. He never touched Brady. Brady, yeah. Brady is so badass. He can keep walking up into your face, and he knows somebody else is going to come take care of you. That is what a badass Tom Brady is. Yeah, it's true. You know, you start messing with uh, the old great and powerful Tom Brady, and one of his uh, the offensive teammates, at least, is going to come and take care of this stuff. But, like, that's the thing. Like, look at where Mike Evans comes from to get to the field to then shove Marshawn Lattimore. That's what I'm saying. Like, things that happen over the course of a football play are one thing, but when you are coming off of the sideline and basically saying, I'm going to be extremely confrontational. This is not a part of the game. Look where he comes from. Like, he's got it. He has to make a conscious decision of, Oh, Lattimore's in this. Oh, let me go finish this stuff. Like, no, you can't do that. You just can't do that. And that's why I think the NFL really needs to get involved and say like, look, either and probably it's not going to help if it's just like through the pocketbook. Like, yeah, you can find a guy. But when he's making the comments that he made in the locker room that we just showed, and it's like, oh, I was worse before and it didn't do anything. Like, now you really are saying like, yeah, 
we need to do something that is very clear so that we know this is not going to happen anymore. And like, that's where you're right, Mike. I think that you're inviting the NFL to do more than they might be inclined to do because of the comments you made. After further review, there was, there was a left hand that did dare to pierce through the bubble that surrounds Tom Brady, like the halo, the glow. Well, you were talking, whatever you were trying to say earlier about breaking the glass, whatever's behind the glass you were yeah. talking about, that's yeah. the glow there you go. around See? Tom Brady. <laughs> Marshawn Lattimore dared, I think, dared to pierce that glow. But Mike mm-hmm. Evans had already committed to knocking Lattimore on his ass when that happened. So that wasn't the thing that got Mike Evans to go over there. <laughs> oh, and by the way, by the way, by the way, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. But I don't care. And in fact, well, I'm not going to say. I'm, I, now that we're out of the habit of dropping S-bombs, not we, me, because we're live on Sky. We're not on Sky today, so I could, I could get away with it if I wanted to, but the moment's take, passed. Just take me hey, off the Bru- screen. Hey, hey, Bruce Arians. Hey, Bruce Arians. What are you doing? You're retired. Oh, yeah. Actually, keep if me If you're the retired, get your ass off the sideline. Nobody wants you down there. Nobody wants you down there. You're down there traipsing around like you own the place. And, and, and well, now, maybe, maybe it worked out perfectly because he's over there chirping. Chirp, 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 Bruce Arians. And you saw him throughout the game yelling at the officials, getting involved. Maybe this is good. Maybe this is good for the Buccaneers. Todd Bowles, as long as Bruce Arians stays out of my hair because I'm the coach of the team, you can go cause whatever trouble you want. But I think at some point, and I don't know what the rules are on this, I assume they can put whoever they want on the sideline that they deem to be worthy of a pass. But I don't think this is good for anybody, and I think at some point the league needs to say, hey, Bruce, you're retired. Get your ass off the sideline. Yeah, no. Honestly, I I totally agree with you. This is weird. The whole Buccaneers coaching situation has been weird since the start where, you know, Bruce Arians is talking about succession and it's now like he's Logan Roy. Like, literally, that's a Logan Roy move. Oh, yeah, actually, I'm going to give this up and here it's yours. But, you know, actually, let me stick around, you know. Oh, the first week I'm going to be in the booth and now I'm down on the sideline and I'm still hovering over everything that we do because I have to make sure that it's going to be this or it's going to be that. And now I'm getting into sort of confrontations with opposing players, you know, and screaming at them from the sidelines and doing that. I think it's really inappropriate for somebody who used to be a head coach and is now not the head coach to be doing those kinds of things on the sideline. If you wanted to still be the head coach, he should still be the head coach and he shouldn't have stepped down. Uh, if you're going to step down and step down, go away. Like You can be in the booth or do whatever you're going to do up there, but I don't think it's appropriate for him to be on the sideline, especially if you're going to be on the sideline and start talking trash to players on the opposing team. I don't like that at all. I think it's a bad look. I thought he was going to be in the booth. Uh, I did not think he was going to be on the sideline. He can't help himself. Well, he was. He, 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 can, that, he can't help himself. the problem, himself. though, Mike. You, if you can't help yourself, then, like, you need to remove yourself from the situation. And Bruce Arians is old enough to understand that. Well, it, it does make for a little spicier. He's like a wrestling manager. He's like classy Freddie Blassie. That's basically what he is at this point. Getting his guys all stirred up, getting them out there, throwing each other around. And really, I, I'm, I'm going to ask the league if they have the power to say, hey, Bruce, you're, you're, you're the special assistant to the general manager. Now, the general manager is always on the sideline, too. Jason Light's down there. Or, you know, he he stays within the bubble of Tom Brady whenever he can. So, again, I, I think that I think that 
a team is allowed to give anyone they want that pass. But maybe in a situation like this, the NFL can say, Bruce Arians, you need to be off the sideline. I mean, it may be something usually, like a phone though, call they make off the off the grid. But usually, if those guys are on the sideline, like you know, you see ownership on the sideline, they're not actually in that space that's demarcated by yellow like dots, yellow line, whatever you want to call them. That is like, okay, this is where the players and the coaches are, and that's where Bruce Arians is in that shot that we were just showing. And he's like arguing with whoever that was on the saints, right? Like usually if you're going to be down on the sideline, you are in that little space that's uh, beyond the twenties, you know, twenties and in kind of like Bruce Arians should not be there. I don't think you are the special assistant to the GM, like that's for coaches and that's for players. And he's not an active coach anymore. Like that's, that's why I said, like, it's just, it's inappropriate, I think, for him to be in that space in general. You know, if he wants to be down on the sideline, that's one thing. But you should be outside of that space for the players and the coaches. George Costanza was the assistant to the traveling secretary in the New York Yankees, and I never saw him in the dugout. So I, you make a great point. You're going to force me to go look at the rule book and see who's allowed to be where and when. But you may be on to something because he should not be on the white stripe. He should not be talking to the officials. He should not be stirring things up with the players, although it did have a strategic benefit for the Buccaneers because that moment okay. really did give them the kick and the ass they needed, along with the assistance of a horrifically bad call that extended mm. the ensuing drive. Bradley Roby got called for the old lowering the helmet and making contact with an opponent when the available angles would suggest that he did not make helmet contact with Cameron Bray. There he is coming in. It's a, I mean, he, he doesn't even hit him with his helmet. He, yeah. he, he puts his head down, and at most it may have been a glancing blow on the side. They were short of the first down. The drive was over at that point when it's 3-3. Three to three. Look at this. What's, what's the unnecessary roughness there? And, and it can't be the blow to the head. Because Braid has caught the ball and he's become a runner. He's fair game for a shoulder or an elbow to the head. See, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's been wrong for the NFL to create this hypersensitivity to hitting defenseless players in the head and neck area. The problem is we all have our own brains rewired to think anytime we see something like that now, it should be a penalty. That's not that elbow, that shoulder to the head of Cameron Bray when he's in a position to protect himself is not a foul. I don't know what the foul was there. Right. That was horrible. And that's why they need to have some sort of replay assistance for that's 15 yards of field position given up in that moment, extends the drive with 15 yards for a phantom call that resides in the discretion of whoever felt like throwing a flag in that moment. Maybe so they would get. Bruce Arians off their ass. Maybe that's why they threw it. Well, I, I was uh, looking at some stuff that Tyron Matthew and uh, Cameron Jordan said after the game. And basically they were like, man, I, it didn't look like a foul on the field. And one of the things there is like, okay, not only did it not look like a foul, but he ran through it. So like, if you were going to put that on a tape and you're going to teach off of that, you would say, oh, well, what's wrong here is that Roby dropped his head and wasn't looking at what he was trying to tackle. And so effectively, it's a missed tackle. So, like, how can you have unnecessary roughness on a missed 
tackle. Like it, it, it's, it's a really, really weird, bad, and I think, frankly, a wrong call when you have something like that because there was nothing unnecessary about what Roby was trying to do, and he missed the tackle. So how are you going to say it's unnecessary roughness if he misses the tackle? There is no hey, foul this. in the rule book for attempted unnecessary roughness. That's what that was, <laughs> right? I mean, attempted yeah. murder, attempted robbery, attempted this, attempted that. That'll get you in trouble with the law. Attempted unnecessary roughness is not a foul in the National Football League. So I, it really is amazing to me that they called this. It's a, I, I, There's nothing there that is unnecessary. There's nothing there that's even rough other than the right. blow to the head, which is perfectly legal. Right. And when you have that kind of game-changing call that, you know, you said it's 15 yards and it extends that drive, but especially when it's on third down, they make the stop. They're going to get the ball back. Like that really, really, really does change the game. And frankly, I don't think the NFL wants officials to make game-changing calls like that. Absolutely not. And it's one of those where, you know, every week the officials get graded and they obsess over those grades like like high schoolers obsess over their TikTok followers. I mean, it really is odd. Peter King did a, a deep dive. He was he was in. Hey, hey, I'm hip, baby. He's how, how do you do, fellow kids? He, he was uh, he, he was embedded with the officiating crew several years ago, and it was obvious that they are obsessed with their grades because it determines a lot of things, including whether or not you remain employed. But somebody will get downgraded for that. There's no way that whoever's in charge of supervising the officials is going to say good job for throwing the flag there. Not many people are going to say good job for Tom Brady's performance yesterday. 18 for 34, 190 yards and one touchdown. Oh, oh, and he did. He did. Now, in tennis, don't you get in trouble for racket abuse? Don't you get in trouble if you bust your racket? Well, maybe there should be a rule against busting your tablet. Because he did it again. <laughs> Tom Brady taking his frustrations out. He must have a lot of stock in Apple because that Microsoft tablet bit the dust again. We saw him throw one in the trash last year. I think it was one of the Buccaneers games. And he just, he gets, it was the 9 nothing game. Tommy, Tommy gets upset. Tommy, Tommy, he wants a win. And uh, when he doesn't get his way, Tommy has a tantrum. And he had a little tantrum yesterday. And it ultimately turned things around. It ultimately, you know, there was video of him jawing at his teammates in the huddle. And there he goes. That's that's a tablet being spiked. Uh, but uh, he was yelling at his teammates. And, and, and it ultimately worked. But it took that fight. It took that gesture by Marshawn Lattimore that justified the fight to really wake the Buccaneers up. Well, yeah, man, it's not the tablet's fault that, you know, the defense is doing a decent job against your offense. That's all. Maybe he was trying to watch direct TV. Maybe he was trying to watch Sunday ticket on the tablet. Maybe that's why he got frustrated. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what I almost do with my freaking tablet. <laughs> uh, my, jeez, that was a, that was a mess. I tried covering games when that stuff happens to you. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it's funny when these things happen with Tom Brady because at this point we we like accept it and we know it. But like that man is forty five years old, and he's throwing tantrums, like you know, uh, an eight year old and throwing the tablet down, like. I know he apologized for it in his little like W video that he posted on Twitter and TikTok, which apparently Mike knows a lot about. Um, but like you, you, 
control your emotions a little bit. Like, I know we all love Tom Brady, and, like, I don't want to speak that ill of him, honestly. But, like, come on, man. You are 45 years old. Well, here's the thing. If they hadn't won the game, we would not have gotten any response or reaction from Tom Brady. We would have heard nothing from him. There he is. Tablet destruction. Seriously, Microsoft should lean into this and create a commercial with Brady destroying the tablets. Like the old Timex takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Although the one on the left, uh, it took a licking and I don't think it was ticking. By the way, by the way, we do have to mention DirecTV Sunday Ticket here. For the second straight week, the streaming aspect, the digital aspect, crapped the bed and just didn't work. I caught wind of it yesterday. MDS had something about it. I saw in the PFT text chain there were complaints about it. It was trending on Twitter. Eventually, I reached out to the NFL because I thought, you know what? No one has asked them. Last week, there was a statement from DirecTV. But no one has asked the league about this. If I'm the league, I am pissed about this. This is my yeah. product, my games that people can't see because something's wrong with DirecTV's apparatus. The league had no comment, but they did refer me wow. to a DirecTV spokesperson who said, while Sunday Ticket on our traditional satellite service performed as expected over the past two weeks, some consumers were temporarily unable to stream. We apologize to our customers for this experience and for any inconvenience. I don't know that that makes it. Does that make you feel better, Miles, as a DirecTV no. streaming customer that was unable to watch the games yesterday and do your job? No, that thing costs a lot of freaking money, man. It costs a lot of money in order to be able to watch these games. And, like, it's the only way to be able to watch games and stream them. And many people don't have satellite. They don't have cable anymore. And this is the one way that they can do it. And for it to not work this badly two weeks in a row, it's really unacceptable. Like, I've been streaming games on the Direct TV Sunday ticket app for over 10 years like since I went to college. So like it, it's never been this bad for two consecutive weeks, at least in the way that I can recall. I mean, it, it it's unacceptable how bad it's been. Well, to borrow a, a phrase that I've stolen from you and I use wherever I can now F around and find out is the message direct TV <laughs> has to the NFL in the last year of their I contract. Guess. They don't care. They don't care. You're going to take it away. Yeah. You're, you're going to take it away from us and give it to a company that's going to stream it. That's a nice streaming service you got there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. That's basically, <laughs> I'm being cynical. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, DirecTV. Please don't sue me for defaming your fine product, which has no problems whatsoever, and it's just the platinum standard. It has been a bad week for streaming, though, and the NFL. Between DirecTV twice and the Thursday night experience where you – it's it's pin the tail on the donkey to try to fast forward through the commercials and get to the game. And then I was buffering, 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 buffering in the second half to the point where I was at my wit's end. I couldn't even enjoy the game because it was three seconds of action, three seconds of buffer, three seconds. And I got the I've got the absolute best setup here for Internet. It was not me. It was an Amazon problem. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think. If you start trying to fast forward through the commercials, I think they start buffering your I think the message is don't even try. Sit there and watch the game. Don't don't if you if you have to go to the bathroom, don't pause it. Don't pause it. Just go go quickly or have a cup nearby, but don't try to do anything other than just let it stream. Once it's going, what? 
the well, world. I can't let you keep. I can't. I can't let you keep talking when you are, say that. Am I supposed that. to? Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to pee on the carpet? Have a cup nearby. What in the world? We'd never be able to use that cup again. But um. Anyway. Anyway. Hopefully, the streaming experience improves. We got a big one Thursday night for streaming. Your Cleveland yeah. Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I expect, I expect, Jeff Bezos, I expect perfection from start to finish, or you will have a strongly worded post at PFT that you'll have to deal with, and I know you'll be concerned about that while you're in your rocket mm. ship or your yacht or your yacht that actually becomes a rocket ship. I'm sure that's the next step. Let's go ahead and take a break. Some major comebacks, three of them in week two, three of them to discuss. We'll do that next on this Monday edition of PFT Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.